So welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. I'm delighted to be joined today by Frank Prendergast. You're very welcome to the podcast, Frank. And let's begin by asking you to introduce yourself to our international audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're involved in. Lovely. Yeah. So thanks a million for, for inviting me on um, and really good to meet you properly. And uh, I'm Frank. I work with my wife, Marcy. Uh, we're easy to find because uh, we've called ourselves Frank and Marcy. So it's easy to remember. And uh, we're digital marketers. We work with solopreneurs and small businesses and we help them to rise above the blah and basically use their online presence to grow their business. Um, so that's kind of the that's the nutshell. I'm Irish. I'm we're we live in Cork, um, but I'm actually chatting to you right now from Kentucky because that's where Marcy's from. So we do try and um, yeah, we do try and split our time if we can between the two places, um, especially after a especially after a grueling lockdown. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? The, I don't know what it is, but Frank and Marcy it really works as a brand name. There's something really nice about it. I love it. And uh, uh, thank tell, you. tell me a bit about the personal brand Firestarter and how that fits into this Frank and Marcy brand. Yeah, so the personal brand Firestarter, <clears throat> you know, it's really interesting when you when you I was looking back over the, the global interview and um, the, the written interview we did. And you'd asked me what my favorite social media platform was. And I said Facebook. And then I gave a kind of an honorable mention to LinkedIn. And since then, I have completely ported over to LinkedIn and I've abandoned Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I mean, for my for my own personal presence. Um, and uh, I just felt like I really found my tribe on LinkedIn and found a great sense of community there and also found it great for the business. Um, and so I just I thought, you know what, I think there's still a lot of people who are they see LinkedIn as a kind of a stuffy business formal place and I mean my LinkedIn persona I've got a talking mustache on LinkedIn so <laughs> it's only as stuffy and formal as you make it uh, and so I put together the personal brand Firestarter um, to basically help people to create content on LinkedIn that would help them rise above the blah that would resonate more with people and also with their with their dream clients or customers. Yeah, and you, you've said that phrase a few times, this rising above the blah, you know, this cutting through the noise, which I suppose in this always-on connected digital world, it's busy, it's noisy, it's ever-changing. And so you're really helping people to cut through, but including your own, uh, the the moustache uh, missives, is that right? <laughs> which That's is right. Sort of the persona on LinkedIn, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you when you're thinking about the the work that you do, and you say you predominantly focus on sort of the smaller business area, if I'm right in saying that, yeah, the, yeah. the sort of solopreneur yeah. you were mentioning there a moment ago. But how how are you helping? Because the, the smaller the company, sometimes they don't have the resources necessarily. They don't have the reach. Maybe they're at the beginning of their sort of business building. Uh, steps how do you help yeah. companies like that break through how does Frank and Marcy help help somebody like that or help a small organization like that because it's not easy and it's quite quite lonely some people have said when you're you're in that position yeah absolutely and you know I think a lot of what we do comes down to strategy 
And I think when you're working on your own, uh, you know, if you're a solopreneur, and so if you're a small business, a lot of the time, your time is, is a huge issue. And you're being bombarded constantly with all of these different, you know, marketing techniques, marketing tools, marketing platforms. Um, and it, it just, uh, what we find a lot of the time is people are just doing like a bit of this, 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 no idea what's working. And there's no, um, there's no kind of through line that's actually making the whole thing make sense. And so what we do is we kind of, we have a forced, we have kind of four steps that we take people through and we call it define, align, shine, amplify. So we define the brand, which is like the foundations for everything that comes afterwards. And, you know, a lot of people have not done the groundwork of defining the brand so that they really know what they need to be communicating. <clears throat> so that's vital. And then we align the on their online presence. That's bringing it into alignment with the brand definition, which includes the customer journey. So a lot of our brand definition focuses, you know, yes, it focuses on the person or the company, but it really focuses on who they serve and what they offer them. Um, and so we bring their online presence into alignment with the brand, which includes basically the customer journey. So we're making sure that there's a journey somebody goes on from never having heard of you right through to getting to know you, getting to know what you do, getting to know your services, and finally actually wanting to, to work with you. Uh, then we help them shine through their content. So that's where we, we help people to create their own content. So we do a certain amount of content creation, um, but we also try and empower people to just create better content themselves <clears throat> that will help them to rise above the blah. And then the final part is amplify their message. And so there's, you know, again, there's a couple of different angles to that. One is uh, paid ads. Uh, we're a big fan of Facebook ads. Uh, and then there's other things like, you know, like this, like I'm doing now hopping on podcasts and uh, amplifying the message that way. And, um, you know, getting exposed to other people's audiences, whether it's Instagram lives or LinkedIn collaborations or, yeah, there's, there's um, or guest blog posts. There's, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can amplify your message once once you have all the, the other pieces in place so it, it sounds like from this sort of stepped approach when you're working with a company you're sort of de defining it you're aligning it um shine i think was Help the next one and then the amplification the that you were just talking about so yeah. To me, this this feels like it's a real wrap. It's a consultancy almost, as opposed to a a short term investment. Would I be right in saying that? Is it like a because you you're not just creating the content, you're helping them making sure that it gets that cut through that amplification, and that it resonates yeah. with who they are because you've done that work up front. Yeah, we try and work with with uh, clients over a number of months because it really like it is quite a holistic um approach really uh so we try and work with clients over a couple of months and then you know a lot of the time um we have you know we have a lot of clients who then become long-term clients um and then but we also you know one of the you mentioned the personal brand firestarter earlier so we also do want to have offerings for people who aren't ready for that you know aren't ready for that level of investment or just aren't at that place yet as a business so the personal brand firestarter is a way to help people to shine through their content but without taking on um uh, you know a number of months of work with us so the personal brand firestarter is like a six week uh, a six week one to one program 
And can I ask you just just to step on that question a little bit uh, deeper, if I can? Um, mm. There's a lot of people who maybe they're not. I know it's not necessarily a target audience, but they may not be business owners or they may not ever start a company. But I'm seeing more and more people, particularly in the corporate environment, who are being encouraged to create their own brand identity because it adds that human element to their corporate story or their corporate message. And I suppose it's a double-edged sword because obviously a corporation or a lot medium to large company doesn't necessarily want to build itself around individuals per se. I mean, outside of the, I suppose the board or the CEO's messages or something, but um, have you had any sort of, insights into that or any thoughts into the the importance of a personal brand whether you are a, a small entrepreneur mm. or company or whether you're maybe part of a, a much larger organization i would say from like uh, i would i'm a big believer in the personal brand um and so i'm de i would definitely say from a personal perspective even if you're in, if you, even if you're working in a huge corporation for you personally it's vital um if you want you know i suppose it's vital if you are the ambitious type <laughs> uh, and if you want to um and I, I also do think that for the corporations it would be the smart thing to do personally but i'm bound to say that because i am the one of the reasons we work with solopreneurs and small businesses is because you know i started to find myself at one point on uh on track to work in larger companies and I found myself working in a, a startup fantastic company brilliant company brilliant people just not for me and so at some point I realized okay I'm I'm I've gone down the wrong path and I need to I need to go out on my own I need to be I need to be my own boss and I need to do things my way and so my uh, I suppose my passion in what I do is actually serving people a bit like me who have actually decided, no, that's not for me. I don't want that nine to five. I don't want that larger organization. So that's who I love helping. Um, do I still think it's important for people in large corporations? And do I think it would serve large corporations? I do, but it's not where my experience or my passion lies. How does it, how do you split that sort of uh, work between Frank and Marcy like who looks after what elements or is it pretty much a, a shared sort of approach to when you work with these companies we are so we're both uh we're both very strategic minded so we both get involved in the overall strategy and we we um yeah we have <laughs> we have these fantastic like strategy planning sessions that we are both heavily involved in um and then I would be more I, I suppose I would be kind of um, a mixture of big picture, uh, some of the more technical stuff and some of the more uh, where, where we do get involved in design and things like that, that would be where I um, get involved as well. And then Marcy is the uh, copywriter and messaging strategist. And who's responsible for the blog? Because I love some of the green images that you've been using on the blog. Who writes the blog? 
Yeah, so at the moment, I mean, we both do, but uh, those green images are actually mostly, I think, on my on my posts at the moment. So I've mostly been um, uh, posting on the blog and Marcy has mostly been uh, communicating with our email list. And that's just at the moment. Um, so I think uh, Marcy, Marcy will be uh, coming back and doing more blogging and I will be coming back and communicating with the email list a bit more. But right now, those green images are actually... Um, uh, the result of some experimentation with artificial intelligence image generators, because I do have a design background, but I was just finding I was spending a ridiculous amount of time putting together even like one image for the header of the blog. And then I still had this like wall of text in the blog post. Uh, so I started playing around with image generators and figuring out like, can they be used uh, you know, effectively right now for small businesses? Um, and that's what I have figured out is how to do those on brand, using our brand colors, doing these very simple editorial illustrations uh, through Midjourney is the tool I use. Um, and it allows me to really quickly come up with, you know, I could come up with 10 images in uh, 15 minutes um, using the using those tools as opposed to hours and hours and hours in Photoshop myself. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? The the whole AI area, whether it's DALI 2 or there's lots of, I mean, there's a few options out there now, but it, it, it talks back to what you mentioned a moment ago. It really cuts through on your blog because they're unique. Um, and I know the yeah. art world's in a bit of turmoil between what is art now with AI starting to uh, replicate or use, I suppose, data to pull together new images. If you put new in inverted commas, I suppose, Um but also, I, one of your recent posts and uh, was around the um, the the advanced sort of chat GPT and the way that written content is changing. Have you any sort of views on that? Is the human always going to be involved, or have you found that to be as good as maybe some of the image generation stuff? It's definitely getting there. Um, I I think there's still I think still think there's probably another leap to be made before it's quite as incredible as I found mid-journey. However, I, I think that probably depends a little bit as well on how, how you train the artificial intelligence. So um, I was listening to a guy, uh, and unfortunately I've forgotten, forgotten his name, but it was on uh, Mark Schaefer's uh, podcast. And his guest was saying that um, he asked it to write a blog post, and what it came back with was, Good. I mean, incredible for artificial intelligence, but it was nothing that he would. It was nothing that he would post. He wouldn't have taken ownership of it because the style was wrong. It, you know, it was a little bit. Um, it was a little bit pedestrian. But he then changed the prompt and he asked it to write the same article in his voice, and because there's so much of his material online presumably the artificial intelligence was able to emulate his voice. And that's when he was blown away. Um, now, I'm not sure that I have, you know, I don't think I have that uh, that presence online yet that that that, that chat GPT is able to emulate my voice because I've tried that and it did not work. <laughs> uh, I heard a similar one actually with um, Malcolm Gladwell, the author, where they asked, he wasn't him doing it, but they they asked for I think they asked for a particular article and then asked it to write it in the style of Malcolm Gladwell and because as you were saying so much of his content is out there already um, yeah the AI was able to quickly 
put that into a, a, a Malcolm Gladwell-esque style article. And, you know, reading it, it kind of fell a bit. It, it did. It sort of delivered. Um, so I think it's definitely improving, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, you asked about the, um, will, will there always need to be a human involvement? And that is just a fascinating question. And I'd say we could spend hours diving into that. But I will say that I do find it just fascinating to think about you know, I, I wrote that post about ChatGPT and I wrote it about my struggle in writing a headline. So, you know, an artificial intelligence is never going to be able to write about a, an actual true human struggle. However, they're probably going to get absolutely fantastic at writing fictional human struggles. And then that begs the question of, does that matter? So if you're writing business content and you're wrapping it up in story, does it matter that it's true? This is fascinating, you know. Yeah. If it if it's if it's giving across the lesson, if it's given, you know, the, if it's giving across the actual value, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how much do we value the human, the actual human blood, sweat, and tears that goes into something, rather than the actual output itself. So we may get to a point where AI is doing amazing and fantastic things. Humans are doing. Uh, much less amazing things, but we value them much more because of the human blood, sweat, and tears that went into them. Um, yeah, it's a, I was talking to uh, Angus Blair very recently, and uh, Angus, you know, big corporate financial uh, background and heavily involved in sustainability and ESG now. But he said, you know, I was asking him what he what he likes to read, and he was talking about. Um, you know, uh, authors where, where he's sort of diving into this topic around what is reality now. And I don't want to get sucked down that rabbit hole, because as you say, we could talk about this for days on end. But I, I do think a lot of the AI data sets, I think, are only coming up to 2021 in some cases. Um, but it is incredible when you think about that wealth of knowledge that they're able to scrape, pull together, use algorithms to uh, regurgitate, if that's probably not too too bad a word to throw in there but um the outputs are you use the word pedestrian you know i think that they're quite good they're okay they're acceptable i wouldn't say they're exceptional yet but it is changing rapidly isn't it frank so we'll keep absolutely yeah i think there's going to be i think there's going to be more you know huge leaps very quickly um so it's it's fascinating it's um incredible and it's a little bit terrifying too i agree i totally agree well, look, before we wrap up today, because I, I want to ask you a couple of quicker questions, if I can, and just maybe get some initial feedback from you. And I do, I, I'm trying to ask people that are on the podcast about books, titles, authors, things that they like to read or have read, or anything they'd like to recommend. So do you, do you have anything like that? Is it is it magazines, books? Is it papers? Is it downloadable content? Or where, where do you find yourself spending your time? business books i i devour business books i just love them um i i have no idea when it happened but at some point i stopped reading fiction and i feel like i i need to get back and uh and broaden my my horizons again a little bit more but i do read a lot of business books and there are i've actually whittled down five that i recommend almost like a marketing masterclass <clears throat> for any small business who you know really wants to propel things forward and they are this is marketing by Seth Godin, um, which I think of as kind of the setting the, the, the foundations for like the philosophy of modern marketing. And so that's the, that's where I would tell anyone to start. Then there's the one page marketing plan by Alan Dibb. 
that is more the kind of the nuts and bolts, the practical, because because this is marketing won't tell you exactly what to do, but it'll tell you how to approach everything. The one page marketing plan gets into the nuts and bolts and, and kind of show, goes through all of the different things you need to keep an eye on in your marketing as a small business. Um, then I would say um, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller is a really good read. That is um, a really good addition, I think, to your brand definition because it, it, it deals a little bit with brand definition and what should and shouldn't be in your messaging. Particularly useful when thinking about your website. So that's another really good read. Then I would broaden things out again uh, a tiny bit and I would read The Science of Story by Will Storr just to get an idea of why, why everyone talks about storytelling and why it's so important and how it actually works and how you can start to kind of utilize some, some storytelling tools. And then the last book is um, more specifically for solopreneurs and that would be Mark Schaefer's book, Known. Um, and yeah, that's that's a fantastic blueprint for building a personal brand. And then I'll give an honorable mention to um, next year, sometime I think around the summer, myself and Marcy will have a chapter in uh, a book which is titled The Most Amazing Marketing Book Ever by Mark Schaefer and Friends. So watch out for that as well, because that will be an amazing book. That sounds like a compendium that's a must have for the bookshelf, I think. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's written by over 34 um, members of Mark Schaefer's community, all marketing experts. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Sounds great. And thanks very much for sharing those books with our, our audience uh, today, because there's a couple there that I have read. I'm looking at them here in my bookshelf out of the corner of my eye. Cool. There's a couple there that I haven't read, so I'll add them to my reading list. So thanks very much for sharing those, Frank. I do appreciate Brilliant. it. Um, when you look back at your career, uh, whether they're in sort of the marketing world, I know you've been an actor, which we haven't even touched on uh, for yeah. quite a while. Um, is there any pe people that you admire or you've looked up to or have inspired you along the way that you want to share with us? This, I always find this question so difficult because there's so many, basically. Um, so I so I'm a huge fan of David Byrne. So just in the creative realm, David Byrne, I think his ability to find this beauty and um and such creativity in the mundane and kind of he explodes the 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 infinity of the universe in these like really small human moments of being alive. Um, so a fantastic kind of uh, almost non-linear storyteller. So yeah, huge admiration. And then kind of personally in my own life, I mean, Marcy I admire hugely and she really like keeps us on track. I think I'm kind of the, the I'm a very much a kind of a multivariate. I mean, you mentioned the acting and there's the marketing. Um, and, and so Marcy has an incredible laser focus that keeps us on track, which I, I hugely admire. Um, my brother, um, I we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my brother. Um, even just when I started in, 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 um, art college, which is where I started off studying fine art. And then before I moved into design and he said to me, look, if you want to be an artist, fantastic, but take every computer class that's going, because at the time the internet was just arriving in Ireland. Um, and he said, yeah, you know, art, art, fantastic, but but learn computer skills. <laughs> and uh, and that was only one piece of golden advice of all the things he said to me over the years. Um, so yet there's so many people. Um, I, I'm going to mention my mom as well um, for she has um, 
over lockdown, she, you know, which was a really tough time. And obviously my parents are older. And so there was even more concern and they were in an even kind of greater lockdown than the rest of us for, for parts of it. And my mom still managed over that time to um, be involved in shooting a documentary, uh, play a role in a short film, which was in the, um, the Cork Film Festival and uh, be involved in poetry readings with the local theatre company online. So yeah, incredible. And I could just go on and on. That's why I find this question so difficult. <laughs> well, that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful that she, your mother was able to do those during the pandemic. That's great. Um, and uh, what about your own acting? We touched on it there briefly. Are you you're still treading the boards? Are you still uh, involved in the the acting? I am. Yeah, I am. Absolutely. And uh, it's always it's been fascinating to me. You know, I, I used to have this kind of wall between my um, marketing, um, my marketing work and my acting work. And a couple of years ago, I worked with um, worked with a coach, a friend of mine, and he basically said, you've got to tear that wall down because it's actually exhausting you almost kind of like having to climb over that wall every time you switch hats. And I was like, you know, that is absolutely true. And I tore down that wall and was amazed at the actual, the parallels between the two worlds and how, you know, how much there is to learn from the acting world about building a personal brand. And I don't mean in any way in terms of kind of like pretending anything. I mean, the, the fact that actors are always searching for the truth in something. And so there's a saying by Sanford Meisner that um, acting is living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. And I think that building a personal brand is all about living truthfully under digital circumstances. So they're both very similar because you stand basically you're, in both cases, you're essentially standing on a stage. It's just one is digital, you know, and one is one is an actual stage. And we as humans, that's not a natural environment for us. And so we freeze up and we become, you know, we become stilted and we we don't actually know how to really communicate the truth of who we are. Um, and so, yeah, so so the parallels between the two have been incredible. Um, and I do very much still act. Yeah, it's wonderful. It, it is wonderful. And it's, it's amazing how those things, you know, the things that you've maybe tried purpose purposely to keep apart for so long are actually complementary, really. Um, yeah so incredible well continued success in the acting I think you're 12 13 odd years or more uh in, with the acting and of course from um uh the the brother's advice of listen do the art but get onto this computer thing because you're sort of art to AI now so it's all sort of uh coming yeah. together and uh I think that was wonderful so thanks for sharing that what about advice that you've been given along the way Frank, is there any sort of advice that you did share or some something somebody may have said yeah. to them? And you know what? If they hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have been able to achieve X, Y, Z. Yeah, I mean, again, I think there's so many. I mean, I mentioned my brother saying about the the about the computer skills, um, and then I mentioned about the 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 coach who was saying, you know, you've got to get rid of that wall. Great advice. Um, and then I think I was telling you uh, before about um, my friend Emmett O'Neill, who uh, we had a chat a couple of years ago, and you know, he was saying to me, look, you're you're good at a lot of things. But you've got to stop doing things because you can do them and really start driving forward on the things that you love. Um, and that was really good advice. And at 
you know, at the time when he said it, I actually momentarily kind of thought, oh, you know, I think that means I need to chase the acting. I need to go after the acting because that's what I love. But as I did that, I realized that it actually wasn't the acting itself. It was the interaction with people. Because at the time, a lot of my digital marketing work was, I was building a lot of websites and I was working on my own and I was kind of, you know, off in my office, a bit like you said um, previously about a lot of people mentioned that it's, you know, it's, it can be very, a very lonely um, endeavor. Um, and so I realized that actually it wasn't necessarily the acting. I do love the acting. I'm I'm very much a multi, multivariate or multi-hyphenate or whatever term you want to use for it. Um, but it was actually the interaction with people. And so I refocused a lot of my work to actually be working one-to-one with people and working with clients, as opposed to just taking a raft of work from someone and going off into the office. So that was really good advice, which once I figured out what those things were properly, which took a while, um, proved to be absolutely invaluable advice. That's wonderful. Thanks, Frank, for sharing that. Um, so look, we're kind of coming towards the end now, and I just wanted to wrap up with maybe asking you what 2023 looks like, what are you passionate about at the moment, and is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, so 2023, um, I'm I'm excited about 2023 because I have an acting project lined up. And I have a great, we have a great new client lined up. So 2023 is is shaping up to be um, <clears throat> essentially my, my dream existence of, you know, balancing those worlds um, and, um, and living life very much the way that I want to, as opposed to any kind of standard template or, you know, I mentioned earlier about my, my, my dislike for the kind of nine to five and that, that real, that kind of strict structure. So I'm very excited about 2023 from, from that perspective. And then in terms of things, you know, we haven't touched upon to share, I suppose, I just, I, I don't know why this is on my mind, but I think, you know, after, through the pandemic, and I suppose we're, I suppose really we're, we're kind of still in it really, aren't we? We've just kind of, um, we've kind of put it to one side a little bit. Um, I don't know if you found this, but I've never had a great relationship with time, but I found the pandemic really messed with that a lot. And I found that, you know, time lately, time has really been racing since the pandemic. Um, and Marcy started doing something. I think she just started doing it naturally and then be- just became, came this habit of um at the end of the day she would just say to me what were the highlights of your day and at first I was kind of stumped and I'd be like I don't even know if I remember the day so the question then prompted me to run back over the day and look for those moments that I had just really enjoyed and it could just be something really simple like you know what when we took that break at 11 sat down had that coffee and chatted about whatever that was that was a highlight and for me, you know, unless I actually stop and think about those things, um, they just get lost. They just get lost. Um, the big ones obviously stick in your mind, but the little ones, the little ones just just evaporate. So that has been something that I have found really useful for slow, kind of slowing down time a little bit and and also appreciating, you know, even just the the most the most standard days or the or the frantic days 
just having that moment to go, you know what, there, there were highlights. It's fascinating, uh, Frank, as an observation, because I think at the beginning of the pandemic, or even as we were going through it, a lot of people around, the, I talked to a lot of people in lots of different countries. And um, I think when the commute dropped out for a lot for, mo- for a lot of people, people stopped going to offices, they stopped going to events, they stopped going on holiday. And that that getting back that time, that commute, being able to have more time maybe with family or loved ones, I think that was really valued by people. But I also felt, me personally, and I know this for, has happened for some people, not all people, but they found themselves getting busier and busier. And I know it's a good complaint. If you're in a business that's doing really well during a pandemic, then you're doing better than maybe somebody in, a, in an area or sector that really struggled during a pandemic. So I am grateful for it, but it was probably one of the busiest periods and, and still is, and it's very, very busy. So I, I really like your observation there about being able to stop and reflect and think about that on a more regular basis, because it, it is difficult for all of us to control that time or to at least try to have some level of mastery, whether that's possible or not, I'm not sure. But at least, you know, rather than it just all becoming a blur, because we're all just busy all the time. So, yeah, it's a great one to end on. Thank you, Frank. Well, look, that that brings us nicely uh, to the end of this episode of the Global Discussion. I'd like to thank Frank Prendergast for joining me today on this episode. And of course, if you're watching or or listening to this episode, make sure you like, subscribe and uh, and share it because that's uh, what we'd like you to do. So thanks very much indeed. And please do make sure to join us again for more global discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. Thank you so much, Frank. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Frank. 